podcasting, The Latest Frontier. These are the episodes of a Catch-as-Catch-Can podcast. It's continuing mission to explore strange, nerdy topics, to chat about sports, movies, sci-fi, and so much more, to boldly pod where this nerd has gone before. Captain's log, pod date, 0421.19. Happy Easter, everybody. On this episode of To Boldly Pod, we're going to welcome the captain back into the fold by way of talking about Steve Eiserman being announced as the new general manager of the Detroit Red Wings. Also, with the release of last week's trailer teaser of Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker got me wanting to go back to the beginning and watch all of these Star Wars movies and talk about them here. And I had a little bit of an epiphany while doing so. Also, we have a fun little To Boldly Pod question all centered around Easter. And we end things off with maybe one of the more bizarre hell is wrong with mankinds, which really led me to think, the hell is wrong with mankind? So, Scotty, set phasers on stun. Engage. I'm extremely excited to be back in Detroit uh, with the Red Wings. This city, uh, Red Wing fans, uh, the state of Michigan, were incredibly supportive of me throughout the ups and downs of my playing career. Uh, I am very excited to return to the organization uh, in in join the Red Wings again and with our goal of getting the team back in contention for Stanley Cups and the championships that is expected and has come to be expected here in Detroit. So there you have it. Probably the worst kept secret in all of Detroit sports over the past, say, almost a year now has come to fruition and that, of course, is Steve Eiserman is returning to the Detroit Red Wings to be the new general manager taking over for Ken Holland, who is moving upstairs in a senior VP role. Now, a lot of things to cover with this, and I realize that the probably vast majority of those listening to this podcast could care less about the Detroit Red Wings, but here more centrally focused it's been a huge story and something people have really been longing for for probably close to 10 years now and it's sort of a big deal and we're getting influxed with it so you know what I'm gonna pass the joy on to all of you as well and as I stated he's stepping in for Ken Holland who was also at the press conference and had this to say one of the people that I respect, you know, when I sit in those managers' meetings and you look around, I respect Steve as being one of the top general managers 
uh, in the National Hockey League, and obviously uh, his team this year had uh, tied the the 96 Red Wing record for the most wins in the regular season. So uh, it's a real exciting day for me um, to see Steve Eiserman come back where he belongs, uh, back in Detroit with the Detroit Red Wings. And thank you to Fox Sports Detroit for the audio we used on this podcast. And before we get into the discussion, I just want to let everybody know that I'm sort of going to play a little bit of devil's advocate here because honestly, I am excited that Steve Eiserman is coming back to Detroit as general manager. Now, when it was announced, I posted a poll on the To Boldly Pod Facebook page and I simply asked Red Wing fans, are you more excited for A, Steve Eiserman to B, the general manager, or B, that Ken Holland is no longer the general manager. And I'm not really surprised, though I kind of am a little bit at the turnout of the poll. It was 100% for Steve Eiserman is the new general manager. And I talked quite a bit, chatted with my buddy Dave about this and we've been talking a lot for the past uh, probably nine ten years overall but of late he's really been on the the ship of getting ken holland out of here and i'm like i said i'm gonna play a little bit of devil's advocate because a lot of people it's it sort of got to the time for ken holland to leave the detroit Red Wings were obviously in a rebuilding situation, and sometimes it's been said in sports over and over, sometimes it's just time to go, and it probably was just time to go for him, but honestly, I think this past couple of years, he has done a nice job drafting and preparing the Red Wings for the rebuild that's currently going on. So I think some credit should be given to him as he moves upstairs in the organization. So I think what Steve Eiserman is walking into is not a bare bones organizational situation. He actually has a good foundation to start work with. And that's something really to look forward to. And, and you really can't, not give credit to Ken Holland for that. Now, has he done some bad things? Has he, he divvied out some bad contracts? Yes, yes, he has. And I will be the first one to admit that. But I think when it came down to the bare bones realization that you needed to be rebuilding without actually saying you're rebuilding, which he he refused to say for the longest time in the last year or so he finally finally embraced it so that being said I'm glad that Iserman is here now I talked to Dave like I said quite a bit and he was telling me he threw out a bunch of facts and figures about when he thought it should have happened and started to happen and I I, I bluntly asked him I said is there anything that you credit Ken Holland with and he actually said yeah he he doesn't really credit him with the early cup wins in the 90s and early 2000s but he totally gives him a ton of credit in 2008 for that Stanley Cup champion but he also followed it up with I also throw a lot of blame on him for losing the 09 one which you can't I mean you really have to blame the players on that one they had that series in hand and it just 
didn't happen. So, do you have any thoughts? Are you a Detroit Red Wing fan or just a hockey fan in general? Your thoughts? Do you think that Steve Eiserman is going to be the quote-unquote savior to the Detroit Red Wings and bring them back to prominence in the National Hockey League? And It's funny because watching or listening to sports talk on terrestrial radio yesterday, people, your, your prototypical uber-hyper fan were calling up and say, they'll have a cup in three years. I don't really see the Detroit Red Wings back to winning cups in three years. I think they have a great foundation of players right now, and if they continue to build and eventually get their franchise goaltender, which they haven't really had since in my opinion, Chris Osgood. Jimmy Howard is a solid goaltender, but he was never going to win them a Stanley Cup. So I think the foundation is there, and I'm really looking forward to the future of the Detroit Red Wings. And to quote Steve Eiserman in the press conference, he pleaded for everybody to please be patient because it's going to take a little time. Any thoughts or comments, let me know on Facebook or Twitter at Too Boldly Pod. Well, today is, or yesterday is, or this past week was, or whenever it is you are listening to this podcast, this past Sunday is Easter. And I wanted to make this week's Too Boldly Pod question a little Easter-centric, a little Easter Eastern, a little Easter-oriented, a little easter fun. So if I learn how to say Easter, we will just continue with this week's Too Boldly Pod question. And it was, as I stated, something I wanted to do to make it a little more fun. So question being, what is your favorite color jelly bean and what is your favorite Easter snack? So got a lot of responses to that. Patrick said black jelly beans and caramel Cadbury eggs. Dave said just like my men, like I take my jelly beans. Black or, I mean, okay, Dave. Good airplane reference. Uh, Rob said beer. I like beer. That, that is all. Uh, Steve said he likes black jelly beans. Kayla replied, are we doing Easter candy tournament? Which we just finished doing the TV ther- tournament. And uh, I said, no, but that's a good idea. Kate said, I like black jelly beans. You like licorice flavored and my favorite Easter snack is ham. Is that ham? Uh, Kate. Uh, Sarah replied, Jack. Jack? What the hell is wrong with me today? Sarah replied, Black, or Jack, whoever that is. Black jelly beans. Kelly replied, Jelly beans are disgusting. Come fight me. Kelly, I don't want to fight you. You'd beat me up. So thank you all for your replies to that. It's it, it's a fun little question for it being Easter time. And you know what? My favorite jelly bean of all time. I like all jelly beans. I'm kind of a and kind of Ronald Reagan when it comes to this, so but I do prefer the black jelly beans. Let me know what your favorite color jelly bean, flavored jelly bean is on Facebook or Twitter at Too Boldly Pod. With the release of the latest Star Wars trailer slash teaser this past week, it sort of got me thinking about the entire Star Wars universe as a whole, and I wanted to, and I originally had planned on 
watching them all in three movie segments and coming on here and talking about them. But sort of, I sort of had an epiphany when I watched Star Wars or Star Wars Episode 4, A New Hope, if you prefer, the other night when I was watching it. So I think what I'm going to do is just simply talk about that one now and then as the summer rolls on, we'll go movie by movie, perhaps. And before we get into it, let me set the stage for you a little bit. It Star Wars came out when I was seven years old, and much like many young children at that age, I was extremely, extremely giddy to go see this new fantastical space epic sci-fi movie. And... I won't lie, I'm not going to say I was one of those people that was first in line or I saw it 15 times at the theater when it was first released. No, I I don't even remember when I saw the movie, whether it was the first week, second week, a month later, end of July, whatever. I did go to see it. My brother and new, at the time, sister-in-law took me to see it. If I remember correctly, it was at... Well, it's called Cortland Center now. I think it was Eastland Mall Theater back then, but I could be totally remembering that wrong. I know we went to the theater to see it. But I also only saw it one time at the theater back then. I mean, I've seen it hundreds of times since, and I can be one of those people that is proud to say I saw it at the theater. I saw it on VHS. I saw it on DVD, and I have saw it digitally, which millions of other people have too, so that's nothing special. So, I was excited, I was a young kid, and I bought into the entire Star Wars universe right from the get-go. So, they they sold me. If, If George Lucas was a carny, if George Lucas was a wrestling promoter, he had me buying in to the the hype right from the get-go that being said now let's flash forward to this past week when I watched it to talk about it here on the podcast and as I stated I had a bit of an epiphany and it sort of happened twofold it 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 dawned on me when I watched it but upon re-watching it sort of we'll get back to that in a second is when it really hit me. And here's the thing. George Lucas gets panned. Or he Actually, he gets a lot of credit for revolutionizing special effects and scenery in science fiction and space movies. But he gets panned a lot for his storytelling. Well, this past week when I watched it, something really dawned on me that hadn't really before and it was that movie is filled with tension and tense moments that really get you wrapped up in the story and into the whole movie and here's what i mean by that the first scene it's broke kind of broken up into three acts the first act is on tattooing and you get the the tension of Luke being at odds with his his uncle, wanting to go join his friends in the rebellion. 
you get the tension of him meeting Obi-Wan and learning that what he was taught about his father wasn't true. You get the tension of the stormtroopers killing his aunt and uncle and the tension of Luke wanting or being upset about that and the tension of him deciding to go with Obi-Wan on this damn fool mission. So, flash forward to the Death Star when they get captured. There's all sorts of tension in there. Them getting captured, them trying to escape, them trying to save Princess Leia, them trying to escape the trash compactor, the tension between Obi-Wan and Vader when they faced off, the tension of Luke when he sees Obi-Wan get struck down by Darth Vader. And the third act was, of course, the tension of them attacking the Death Star. So, there's so much tension, which is sort of the baseline of drama. I'm not an expert by any means in filmmaking or storytelling, but you can't have a good story without a little bit of tension. And that movie is just chocked full of fantastic tension. And as I stated, it started to really occur to me when I was watching it. But here's what happened, and here's the great thing. I was going to watch it again to just sort of make sure I I had everything I wanted to say about the movie, and I was getting sort of tired, so I laid down and turned my back to the TV, and I didn't watch it. I just sat there, laid in bed, and listened to the movie. So all I was getting was the dialogue and the sound effects, so I couldn't see any of these fantastical special effects that revolutionized movie making that makes Star Wars so famous. All I got was the actors speaking the lines and a little bit of the the sounds that went along with it. And that's where the tension really drew to me because they get panned a lot because, you know, the story and the acting, this, that, and the other. But that really, and maybe it's just me, That is the fantastic part about Star Wars. And I think, and I could be totally wrong, I think that is what endears us so much, at least with the first three movies, to the Star Wars universe. And I could be totally wrong. So if I am, let me know your thoughts at Too Boldly Pod on Facebook or Twitter. Our article this week comes to you via The Mirror in their technology section. The headline, Foot Fetish Fans Can Buy Silicone Feet with Built-In Vaginas to Simulate Foot Sex. From BDSM to threesomes, many people have fetishes they'd love to fulfill. Now, a sex robot firm is helping people with foot fetishes to achieve their fantasies. Silicone Wives has launched silicone sex robot feet with built-in vaginas which allow people to simulate foot sex. Silicone Wife explains the realistic silicone feet with vaginas are perfect for the feet lovers out there that still want a traditional sex toy experience. The product is handcrafted with premium medical grade silicone to provide an ultra-realistic sex experience. The feet are highly detailed to look and feel just like real feet. And what 
might it cost you to get yourself one of these feet? Just a simple $199. The hell is wrong with mankind? That's going to wrap up this edition of Too Boldly Pod. I hope you enjoyed our introduction, our discussion to the captain, Steve Eiserman, coming back to the fold with the Detroit Red Wings. I hope you enjoyed my conversation about my epiphany and viewing of Star Wars or Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. And I hope you enjoyed our Too Boldly Pod question about your favorite jelly bean and this week's The Hell is Wrong with Mankind. And to be honest with you, after that story, the hell is wrong with mankind. If you have any thoughts about any of the topics we discussed here, I would be happy to include them on a future podcast. Contact me and let me know on Facebook or Twitter at Too Boldly Pod. And as usual, I have no closer for this show. And with it being Easter, I'll just say, here goes Peter Cottontail or Dan Cottontail or somebody with a sex toy fetish with a foot in a vagina or something. I don't know. <laughs> Happy Easter, everybody. I'll talk to all of you next time. WLLP Spock Rock Radio.